Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I remember several weeks ago when I received a phone call, and in that conversation, there was an individual who was asking, so what do you think about eternal life? Is it available? I said, absolutely. But what about these type of situations and circumstances? Is there still the possibility of eternal life? And I said, there most definitely is hope beyond this life. The issue is, what do we do with hope? That we've received? Do we extend it to others? Do we go out into the marketplace and give to them what God's given to us? So this morning there's a question that God is going to raise in our hearts, and that question is this Where is your hope? Like right now, where is your hope? Where is your hope this morning? It's a question that we're going to look at, and every day challenges us to determine if we live by hope. The faith of the resurrection of Jesus Christ available to us and operating in us. One writer has put it this way. No matter how many times I break down, there's always a little piece of me that says, no, you're not done yet. Get back up. When you see people who've been down and get back up, you're looking at people who are not just resilient. You're looking at people who live with the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you've been watching and kind of observing and listening in to what the Spirit of God has been doing so far this morning, you know that He's released grace in this house. That means not one person has to walk out of here not covered by grace. Number two, you heard the Spirit of the Lord speak the word love. Love is what we need not just in the house, not just in our homes, but we have to have it in the marketplace. And so God's released love in the house. Now, does that mean you took it? It depends if you picked it up or not. But now God wants to release another word. And it's going to be throughout the message this morning. And the message is going to be all around the word hope. Turn to someone and say it's for you this morning. When I think of the word hope, I'm thinking of having this as our mantra. Are you ready? Having only positive expectations. Having only positive. Positive expectations. That's where God wants the church to be. God wants us to live, not like the world lives, but like he lived when he was here. You know, I was sharing with my wife this morning. I said, man had a complaint that he could register in heaven until God became a man. Let me back it up a little bit. Until Jesus Christ came to earth, man could say, upward, you don't understand what it's like down here. But when God became a man and was the God-man, everything you're facing, everything you're going through, he went through. And he did it, and he was able to be resilient, and he lived with the eternal perspective of hope. But 
But pastor, he was already in heaven and then he came here and he went back. We've not yet been there. That's the hope of the gospel. That you're connected to the one who's been there. Therefore, you know you're on your way home. This is not home. It's good at times. It's tough at times. But this is not your final destination. That's why you've got to live with positive expectations. Well, over the last few weeks, the Lord's been bringing back a particular song to my heart, and my family is tired of hearing it. The title of the song is Everlasting God. If I've played it once, I've played it 45 times, according to one individual in my home. I go to bed with it. I think I woke up this morning around 1 o'clock and shut it off because it just kept playing and playing. I'd like to give you some of the lyrics this morning as we begin to look into God's Word. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? I will wait for you. I will wait for you. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. We set our hope on you. We set our hope on your love. We set our hope on the one who is the everlasting God. You are that everlasting God. This morning, we're going to take some of those key words, and we're going to look at what it means to have the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I really want you to tie in for just a few moments, and not just sit there passively, but I want you to be aggressive in your spirit. I want you to be connected in your mind and grab what it means to be a person of hope. By the way, last evening, uh, Joshua and I went over to the cage, and it was nice to see one of the uh, cage, you're probably thinking, what, 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 what kind of stuff are they into? We went into the batting cage, okay? But it was nice to see a senior out on the field working all by himself. Because see, if you don't have models, you don't know how to run. But when you see others who are doing the right thing and they're living by example, it helps you to be able to do what God's called you to do. So I said to Joshua, I said, Wherever there is faith, there will be a fight. And maybe you're sitting in here at whatever level you are in Christ. And by the way, there are various levels in Christ. We come into the kingdom as newborn babes, but God doesn't want to leave you as a newborn babe. He expects for you to move through the steps and stages of the Christian walk so that you grow up in Christ. So if you're being challenged today, then your faith is working. If there's no fight in your life, that means your faith is either flat, low, or doesn't exist. So wherever there is faith, there is a fight. And if you don't have hope in your fight, you're going to do what Roberto Duran did many, many years ago. You're going to take off your, bat, your, your boxing gloves. You're going to remove the gloves and you're going to give up the fight. There are many Christians who give up in the fight. And this is what the Bible is talking about when the Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight, I have kept the faith, and I have finished my course. This morning, we are people of great hope, and because we have great hope, when you're in a fight, you know that the wind has already been given, you just got to walk it out. Amen? Give God praise in the house this morning. Father, we praise you for that truth. Let's take 
the opening lines of that song. Your hope must be in his light. And this is what the Bible is talking about in Psalm 119 and verse 105. The Bible says that the word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path. I turned to Robin the other day and I said, this has always been a foundational pillar in our home and it must always remain as the foundational pillar of our home. I don't mean that it's where you can see when you walk in, but it's how we start the day and it's how we close the day. This book is filled with hope. So when you're down, when you feel flatlined, it's critical that you take time out, get into God's Word, find a scripture, find a verse, and focus in on it, and then declare what the psalmist declared, that God's Word is a lamp to your feet, and it's a light to your path. What does that mean for young people today? Well, there's a lot of dark paths out there. And I see young people, since I've been in education a few days, I've seen young people... You should have smiled right there. I've seen young people wanting to crisscross the path. It is a great way to get lost. I'm amazed that we understand athletic rules, but we don't understand biblical rules. If a baseball player runs outside the lines, they can call him out. But Christians find other Christians who say it's okay, just cross over and then cross back. Well, let the Spirit of the Lord arise in this place. Don't ever come to me, and please do not come to my family and invite us to play crisscross with you. You walk in the light and stay out of the darkness. Let me say that again. You walk in the light and you stay out of the darkness. Let me say that again. You walk in the light and you stay out of the darkness. Jesus Christ did not walk a crisscross lifestyle. Well, today I'm in church, I'm going to walk in the light. But tomorrow I've got some friends who are walking in darkness and I'm going to crisscross over and hang out a little bit. Let me tell you something. When you start hanging out, all of a sudden you start doing what they do. Psalm chapter 27 and verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The only time I can tell you that Christians have been afraid and fearful is when they're walking in darkness and they're not walking in the light. David was not scared when he faced Goliath. If he would have wore what King Saul made available to him, he would have crisscrossed. And he would have been walking to the face of that giant in darkness. But he would not permit himself to take on any realm of darkness in order to look right in front of the Israelites so that he could go to the battlefield. Walk in the light. I hope you feel the urgency of my spirit as I just said that this morning. There will always be people who will invite you to put on what they think you need so that you can go to the battlefield. You need the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have to live like everybody else lives. Hallelujah. 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 I like what Jensen Franklin said the other day when I was listening to a message about a year ago. He said, how is it that we're out partying as young people on the weekends and then we come into the house of the Lord on Sunday and then we want to go back out and tell people what a difference Christ makes in our lives and we go back out and do the same things they're doing. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? 
Let me tell you what happened to me back at Hayes Albion many, many years ago before some of you were even born. I grew up in a good Christian home, but I went into a factory and began working the night shift my senior year of high school. I started hanging out with some men who were older than I. It wasn't long till I crisscrossed and I started doing what they were doing. I knew it was wrong in my spirit. I knew it was wrong in my heart. But I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be in. I wanted to be connected. I was connected all right and disconnected to the spirit of... This is no place for weak people. I'm talking about right here. I'm not talking about where you're seated. I'm talking about when you deliver hope, you better walk in it. When you deliver hope, you better know that when you're in a fight, that there is faith operating in you. Most Christians don't want to fight. And I don't mean fighting among each other. I'm talking about pulling down strongholds. I'm talking about taking back what the enemy has stolen. I'm talking about taking back territory so that the lost and dying can come in. Is there anybody that has a witness in their spirit this morning? And this is what the Bible is talking about when we hear that song, His hope is in the salvation of the Lord. First Chronicles 16.23. I just want to pause right here. Is there anyone under conviction? Please don't respond outwardly because I sense the presence of the Lord. We have a jammed up ministry. I'm talking about the body of Christ where we're saying, hey, it's okay. Just do whatever you want to do. It's all right. Just kind of show up, hang out with us a little bit, then run back out there and do it. I'm telling you, you will head into destruction. You will absolutely market your life for destruction. You must walk on the highway of holiness. You must walk on the way that God has called you to walk in. Let me explain it to you this way. I would be shocked this morning if these two young men, three young men that are sitting down here in the body of Christ in the middle of the game between Trenton and Chiefland sometime this fall, the guys who are playing for Trenton at halftime switch out and, and put on Chiefland's uniform. Ooh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. And the guys playing for Chiefland, they switch out and put the Trenton clothes on. That's exactly what the church is doing. I'm going to put on the robes of righteousness and I'm going to put on the garment of praise because I'm with God's people. But when I get back out there, I'm going to put on the other uniform. And see, hope doesn't mean anything to you because you're not even in a fight. There's only a fight when you walk by faith and not by sight. Pretty good example, wasn't it? Pretty good illustration, wasn't it? How shocked we would be. That's why I've been watching with great curiosity, wanting to see how deep is the loyalty of Mr. Miller at Ohio State University. See, I'm old school. I grew up with the Woody Hayes mentality. All loyal. But now that you've graduated and you still have one more year and there could be a battle with two other quarterbacks, oh, let me just take the easy road. Sounds like the church to me, doesn't it? Well, I don't want to really have to battle the other two guys for a starting position. I'll just take my scholarship and go somewhere else. I've got... Oh, I told you I was old school. So if you're framing this, you've got to go back to catch up. Because see, we don't live in a loyal society. Our society's not even loyal. Many in the body of Christ look like the society. Not too loyal. 
Two weeks from today, I'm going to preach the last part of this message. I shall remain is what the song says. And I've been in this thing a long time, and I've watched Christians come and go. They look more and more like the society they live in, not like the Christ they're supposed to follow. Good preaching, brother. Good preaching, brother. I sense the presence of the Lord in this place. See, the only reason I can make a journey from here down to Miami and tell all of those who were there for that, for that service that there's hope beyond the grave is because I understand that there's a fight for the faith and that you can release hope. See, this isn't jargon up here. This is stuff you've got to really understand. And see, if you're a crisscross Christian, then you don't need hope. And you don't even need this message. You just need for me to stop so you can get out of here. The enemy's not scared of any person who has no hope. He's not scared. Where he begins to unravel is when you begin calling back territories. It was a joy yesterday being on the campus at Levy Learning Academy and on Friday because there was nobody there Friday and nobody there on Saturday. So I cranked up the messages and I was hollering and I was screaming and I was calling that whole area back to the territory that God bought that thing by his blood. The devil knows who's on that campus. Does he know your campus? Does he know that you're taking back territory? Just saying. Just saying. Oh, it was a wonderful time praying in the Spirit. And not under my breath either. Out loud in the office. Demanding that every one of those children be given the opportunity to experience the blood. Notice how I said that? Not demanding that they come into the kingdom because you know that we have the free choice. You can sit right here, right in front of me and not even be here right now. And I can't do a thing about that. All I'm responsible for is delivering the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is that we're in a state of urgency in this nation and is there any hope? And there is hope in our everlasting God. But you've got to stay connected. And you can't play with the world and then play a little bit in the Word. Oh, God's calling some things out this morning. Ooh, God's calling some things out right now. Those who have hope not only walk in the light of His salvation, but let me tell you, the depth of your hope is being willing to wait on the Lord. And we as Americans, we're not raised to wait on the Lord. We are instant gratification. I like how Jensen Franklin says it. We live in a microwave society, but we serve a crockpot God. And that'll mess you up, especially when you're horny. I thought I might just say that so all of our kids would understand. I'm not that old. You mean you want me to hold back on having sex? But educators will even help me have what I need so I can have a little fun. Go ahead and play crisscross. You're accountable for what you say. Glory. Glory. Well, pastor, you can say that because you're married. Let me tell you something. If you don't get it under control when you're a teenager, you got hell on wheels when you get married because it don't stop just because you got one. Oh, I love preaching the word. Oh, I love preaching the word. Because the only thing you can do right now is shut it off or get up and run out. Or you could receive the word of the Lord. 
Now remember, in our home right now, we're in a great fight. We're in a great fight. And you know what's really crazy? God wants to release the supernatural. God wants to release the supernatural to this realm. And here we're fighting a great fight in our home against the spirit of infirmity. I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. Just remember, only one ran to the battlefield. It was David. Everybody else was caught up in their praise. Everybody else was caught up with singing the songs. But David ran to the battlefield. I'm looking for warriors. Next Sunday morning, the Spirit of the Lord is going to allow me to preach to the men on being courageous. Courageous men keep their pants up. Keep their zipper up. Keep the right shows in their homes and eliminate other shows. Man, I can't handle this kind of preaching. Adios, amigos. It's too late in my life with the knowledge that God has given and the experiences I've been through to water down and to say, that's ah, all right, y'all can do whatever you want. Do most of our young people, do most of our young ladies understand what, what men want on those, how can I call them men? Those boys want on that campus? Girls, ladies, all they want to do is have sex with you. That's all they want. They ain't thinking about a long-term relationship with you. You've got to be crazy. And if you happen to end up pregnant, they ain't sticking with you. They're running to you to see if you've got a little something, something they might have. That's where the boys are. Hold on, boys who go to church. Don't you love me this morning? Don't you love me? I know my father does. I'm talking about my heavenly father. I know he loves me. Because our young people are in trouble and too many churches have said, yes, yeah, sing everlasting God and then get out there and get your groove on, drop your pants, do your thing. Um. That's what's going on in our society. And the church is a part of that society. And the society is in the condition that she's in because we don't extend grace, love, and hope. But listen, I'm real done with this thing called shallow love. True love is going to cost you. I said to my son yesterday, since we're going through a fight, I said, son, if you're not willing to serve, don't ever get married. Glory to God. If all you want is a little something-something, you might as well just run out there to the red light section of society and hang out there because you ain't about to get married because you ain't serving nobody. You're serving what you think you need, what you got. It's a quiet house in here this morning. It's one thing to sing everlasting God. It's another thing to live it out. Well, brother, I don't quite see it that way. I don't care how you see it. I'll watch you, your family, and the generations that follow you. That's all I need to see. You understand that? Do you all understand that? Well, I just think we should love everybody. Absolutely. Good news, not everyone's responding to God's love. But if you're into real love, you're going to carry out the trash. You're going to do the laundry when your family's down. You're going to vacuum the house. You're going to pay the bills. You're going to spend time with God. And you're going to keep working your regular job, doing the things because there's hope on the inside. And you're releasing hope over your family. And you're touching the generations to come because you will not crisscross.
That was for you. Glory. Always listen to people who've been in the ring. Don't listen to the people outside the ring. You want to you associate with people in the ring, not outside, because they paid to get in to watch the fight. Mm-hmm. Well, where are you? Pastor, I've got to tell you, this is where I am. I am into the everlasting God who says, I will be your light. I will be your salvation. I know you better than you know yourself, and I'll provide that special girl for you. I'll provide that special guy for you. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You don't have to give it to anybody. Wait upon the Lord. Oh, there he is. He's brought to wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. But man, I want to get it on. Man, I want to go do it. Man, I got to get it up, me up. You better learn to wait upon the Lord, or you'll pay a very high price like many of us have. Why should I water down the gospel when I went through hell to get where I am right now? Excuse me. I paid a high price for living as a teenager in crisscross, going to church on Sunday and doing my own thing behind my parents' back. But I didn't hide one thing from my daddy. No, I'm talking about upstairs. You can do things away from your parents, but God's always watching. And whatsoever you sow... You're going to reap it. Man, I sense the Spirit of the Lord in this place. Your hope must be in waiting upon Him. That's the most difficult thing to do when you're single. That's the most difficult thing when you're in the prayer chamber and you're crying out to God and you're praying and you're fasting and you're seeking His face and He just continues to have you to wait. We aren't taught to wait upon the Lord. We are very demanding, are we not? And bully. Are we not? And pushy, are we not? And we come into the throne room trying the same thing. Why do I feel all alone for a moment here? In Psalm 5, 3, it says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. How many of you wake up in the morning just going, Father? It was around 2.30 this morning. I just began to pray. I just reached over and began to pray on my, for my wife. I just reached over for a moment and just prayed for her. Early in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. And wait in expectation. How long has it been since you took some things to the Lord and left them there? How many of you are here this morning that have stopped praying because God hasn't answered your prayer list? In talking with Almond Gunner this past week, he said, you know what? He said, I want to tell you something. He said, I am so happy that God has not answered all my prayers. See, we think we know what the answer should be. But the Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. The Lord knows the way. Did you say I have to follow? Yes, unless you're Lord. And many of you may be your Lord. You'll stay in the wilderness longer than he wants you. He'll bring you through any wilderness if you'll follow his leadership. He's Lord and we're not. Amen. And in Psalm 27 verse 14 it says, Wait for the Lord. 
Now watch this. And be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Wow. You mean this is, whoa. let Let me break that down for all those who may be single. When you don't wait, you lose strength. When you're willing to wait on the Lord for that special person, that special job, that special college entrance. When you're willing to wait, you grow stronger. Your heart enlarges all because you've learned to wait upon the Lord. Many, many years ago, there was a man of God who said to me, if you're really going to answer the call of God, get ready to counter culture culture. And I'm feeling it this morning. I am countering culture because we don't teach anybody to wait. From the classroom to the supermarket. Where was I the other day? Oh, yes, I know where we were. We were in the midst of a fight. I believe it's where we were. A fight. The fight of faith. And, And in Indiana, of all places, in Walmart, doesn't that seem natural? Two ladies got into it and got into a fight. And it was on TV. It was like, this is nuts. Because we aren't waiting for anybody. You get in front of me, I'm going to let you know. And you pass me up, I'm going to let you know. And you cut me off, I'm going to let you know. And if you tell me, and on it goes, does it not? Wait upon the Lord. Wait. Now hold on, folks. Hold on. Hold on. Make sure before you have anything to say, you back this up with about 28 years in one community. 28 years since 1988 and it might be a little bit less a little bit more I don't really care so don't come up and tell me your math was off well praise God I'm preaching and you're figuring I'm so done with the silly stuff that people do so when you talk to me about waiting you're looking at a person who has absolutely had to gear down to trust God because you know what I told my wife five years and we'll be out of here But you know what? The Lord was the one that brought us through the world. I'm not waiting on anything. If God's going to move, he's going to move on my timetable. Really? Oh, baby, got to watch that one. That's going to be fun to see. I'm saying to you, you're in a ministry that is solid to the core on learning to wait upon the Lord and not pushing anything, not trying to shove anything, not trying to tell God what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Learning to wait upon the, upon the Lord crucifies the flesh. <laughs> Waiting upon the Lord crucifies the flesh. Coming down the stretch of the message this morning, let's talk about our hope in the Lord brings confidence. Confidence like Psalm 71 verse 5. For you've been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. It took me to about 21 to realize there really was a God who was sovereignly in charge. And he is sovereign. He'll give you options and choices, but he is in charge. And the sooner we understand it, the better we'll be. When we embrace the sovereignty of God, your confidence will be a launching pad for your faith. Did you capture that? Proverbs chapter 3 verse 26 says, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. 
40 years of ministry, you want to hear something? I've seen many Christians snared. Snared. So what does that tell me? Well, the simplicity of the word simply says this. They lost their confidence in the Lord. But my hope is in the Lord who produces confidence and the ability and the wherewithal to keep going. Well, when you're in a great fight, the song goes on to say that we put our hope in God's goodness. When you're facing death, financial setbacks, or sicknesses, or loss of of jobs, or a shift in the job market, you've got to continue to bank on God's goodness. And I've got to tell you, when you start talking about God's goodness, boy, how the enemy comes in to try to remind you that this hasn't happened and this didn't take place. Can anybody in here hear me this morning? God's goodness. In Psalm chapter 27 and verse 13, it says, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in this ministry. Either from here or from there, I know that God's goodness is going to shower down on this place. God's goodness, Psalm chapter 86, verse 17 says, Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. I am a sign person. When I drove down to Miami, I didn't go just by signs. Someone loaned me a GPS so that I would not get off course. There are many, dare I say, maybe some even in this room this morning that are off course because you don't believe in signs. And you don't believe in wonders. And you may not even be open to miracles. But we are living in the day of signs, wonders, and miracles. I believe in the miraculous. I believe in the supernatural. And I believe that if you will ask God to give you a sign, God will absolutely give you a sign. Not only are we in a fight in our home, but we're also in a fight in the educational world. As I've been pondering, do I really take this on at Southeastern University? And there's been all kinds of things that have just been coming against the whole thing. And so I asked the Lord the other day, as I knelt down in the office at the school, and I humbled myself, and I put my knees on the floor, and I said, Lord, could you give me a sign today that somebody's in that library who can help me with the database so I can get to the dissertations? And the phone rang. Don't come to me and tell me God's not a God of signs. Glory, 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 glory. When you come defending what you think you have, you're probably a smoke person and not a fire person. I'm pure fire. Thank you, Jensen Franklin, for restoking my fire. So I want to tie this in. The other night I thought this was going to be a great event. And we were tuned in to the game. And I said, Josh, they're on their way back. They got it down to three points. It's going to happen. The pain and agony of being a Cleveland person is going to come to an end. And then the whole thing collapsed. And I said to myself as we shut it off, I said, so many times a picture of people in the church. You have it all set up in an opportunity to advance and to grow and to grow in the grace and the love and the hope of the gospel. And then all of a sudden, everybody just starts doing their own thing and you end up getting beat by 21. I'm not talking about sports. 
I'm talking about how we just say, oh, it doesn't really matter. I don't need to read God's word today. Oh, it's all right if I kind of, oh, I don't care. I'm going to kind of wear my top down a little bit. I need to let everybody see what. It doesn't matter. It does matter. There's an enemy out there that is the size of Goliath. And unless you are a David, he will absolutely cut your head off. Spiritually speaking, rise up in the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ and let hope prevail throughout this nation, in this region. I speak hope to those who are in desperate need of hope this morning. It is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To the finish line. Your hope must be in His love. Exodus chapter 15, verse 13 says, In your unfailing love you will lead the people you have redeemed. There's nothing like the unfailing love of God. There's nothing like the unfailing love of God. I'm going to shorten it up. Because not everybody is a distance runner. And I've seen that too. At the close of the song, they keep talking about our hope must be in the everlasting God. Closing verses this morning. And Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. See, right now, there should be such an unction. Man, I remember the days, and they're still my days. When I'm not preaching, I love to be under the sound of the gospel, under the anointing of the Lord. I like it when I'm convicted. I like it when my heart is stirred. I like it when the man of God or the woman of God says something that absolutely pricks deep into my heart and reminds me of where I ought to be and how deep I ought to be going with God. We used to sing into the love of Jesus, deeper and deeper I go. Your hope must be in the everlasting God. Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is your refuge. The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemy before you. And in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, Do you not know, and have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God? The creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. I've deleted a lot of the quotes I was going to use this morning, but I want to close with this one. When you say that a situation or a person is hopeless, you are slamming the door in the face of God. When you say that a situation or a person is hopeless, you are slamming the door in the face of God. Where's your hope this morning? Where's your hope this morning? I know many of you have been in some incredible battles, incredible fights. Stay away from King Saul. Stay away from how others would fight the battle. And gird yourself with grace. Gird yourself with love. Hold on now. See, I look at love a lot different than you do. 
David was a man after God's own heart. But when that stone, guided by God, hit that giant, that's exactly how I said it, hit that giant, he ran up there, took his sword, and cut his head off. That's a man of love. We need a radical shift in the body of Christ. I'm fighting for those kids at Levy Learning Academy. I'm fighting for their salvation. Not preaching at them, but I'm fighting for their salvation. I'm fighting for them to have hope when things seem to be so hopeless. Are you fighting the good fight of faith? Well, I just, I just, I I grew up in the 60s. I understand all that nonsense. Oh, I just want to love. Okay. Oh, okay. I bet you ain't getting in the ring. We need soldiers of the cross. And that's not for men only. We need soldiers of the cross who absolutely will go like Jensen Franklin said, drew that line, and this is where we're going to live. This is how we're going to live. And I don't know about you, and I don't know about those other ministries, but this is how we're going to live. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, but mom, but dad, uh, over at so-and-so's church, they get to do this, and they get to go here, and, and they have these kind of parties, and these kids go... If you can show me in the book, go for it. Back it up. Back, 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 back it up with God's word. Back it up with God's word. The Bible says that you are called and I am called to live a separated life. And don't come running to me and going, I don't know about that. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that have known us since 1988, we have been in the marketplace. We don't hang out in a church facility but we know how to live a separated life in a dangerous culture someday the Lord may permit me to preach on the dangers of Levy County and there are incredible dangers in this tri-county area but since we're all good old boys most pastors don't even preach And things continue to happen to our teenagers and to couples and to marriages. I release at 12.04 today. I release hope to the hopeless. I release into your lives inner fortitude. So that when the battle begins, you will know that the battle belongs to the Lord. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. 
Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.